Welcome to the Inspirational Australians podcast, where we chat to people making a difference in their communities and in the lives of others. And here is your host for today, Josh Griffin. Thank you, Annette. Thank you very much. And uh, great to be back doing the podcast, depending when this goes live, if we part the curtain a little bit and let people know how we do it behind the scenes, recording in early February, but sometimes we've got a bit of a gap between when the podcast goes live. And last week I was away, so back back into it this week and chatting with Annette and also our guest Kelly for this week's dose of inspiration, which I'm so excited to do before I introduce Kelly formally. Just wanting to remind people that it's a very exciting time for Awards Australia, Young Achiever Awards in full swing. We've got judging announcements for that coming up. So if you feel like you are wanting to hear some great stories of inspirational young people, then uh, just search for the Seven Years Young Achiever Awards. You'll find us on Facebook, Instagram, and a few other places. And one other little reminder is if you're passionate about supporting community champions, you can become an awards member. And what that does is provide some funds that we then channel into prize grants for our community champions. And as a member, there's a few little perks. So check that out at awardsaustralia.com slash shop. But now, as I mentioned, we are speaking to Kelly, Kelly Kuhn, who was a finalist last year in the Rico Customer Service Award, which is part of the South Australian Community Achievement Awards. And I'm really excited to speak to Kelly because, wow, there's just so much to talk about. There's so many life experiences and Kelly's from South Australia, which is my home state, so it's always a pleasure to speak to people from SA. Kelly's the creator of Jungle House Experiences, and not only does she juggle many things in her personal life, her business life, and in her community, but yes, she actually can juggle as well. So Kelly, it's going to go straight to you. There's too much to cover in your bio, so I figured we'd unpack it together. How are you doing today? Great. Thank you, Josh. I'm so pleased to hear about your passion for South Australia. We'll have lots to talk about. (laughs) Yes. So can you tell people where you're from? I'm from Manham, which is about an hour and a half east of Adelaide. So it's based on the Murray River and where our business is located, predominantly taking folks that are holidaying on houseboats on the Murray into the wine regions of the Barossa or Langhorn Creek or Adelaide Hills. So that's a really nice lifestyle. I have two teenage daughters and my husband and we live in a very relaxed frame and, you know, when we're involved in community projects, which I'm sure we'll talk about, you know, it's really lovely community because you, people know everybody here and, and it's, a, yeah, a great country vibe. Being from Adelaide but living in Victoria, you know, I've had the uh, experience of driving between the two, you know, Adelaide and Melbourne, uh, many, many times. I think what some people don't realise is that there's so many brilliant things in between that trip. You can honestly do that trip in a week rather than just the one day that people do it in because even on the Victorian side, there's a lot of great stuff. And in South Australia, I think especially, doesn't get talked about enough. The amazing tourism opportunities on the way, as you said, with the River Murray, so many cool things to see along there, the houseboats, and then you've got the winery regions. So I can see why you're really passionate about doing that as a business. Yeah, I think the Great Southern Touring Route, Melbourne to Adelaide trip is one of Australia's bucket list items. And I think the two regions and the two states work so well together and it is very easy to access. And in South Australia in general, it is easily accessible to lots of the regional locations. So nowhere in uh, Australia has a capital city so close to uh, destinations like the Adelaide Hills, so an area where you can just 
be 20 minutes out of a capital city and feel like you're a world away. So there is great diversity, easy access, easy transport, travel routes to get around. And uh, and it is quite a close-knit community, as you would know. Everyone knows everyone. I'm talking about in where the location where we live in Manham, but really generally um, South Australia is a, a very small place. <laughs> and so you're in the district. You always... Was that what you were doing as a career or how did you get started in tourism? Uh, yes. In fact, mostly every part and every job I've had, I've diversed, um, digressed, I should say, a little bit along the way. But most of my jobs have been in tourism. I started off as a teenager really wanting to be involved in an industry that uh, has a real connection to people and I think there's no better industry than that um, because these folks are uh, on their leisure experiences, they're excited about where they're going and so so being a people person myself, I really knew from an early age that's what I wanted to do. And uh, my career has spanned over several decades now, which uh, is diverse because I've been involved in marketing destinations and policy and planning and also been right at the coalface of dealing with customers. And it's funny how the world turns and in a circular format, that's where I've ended up back yeah. at the customer service level. And that's where I feel like I'm best positioned. I think one thing you said to me was it made me laugh was that you've been involved with too many government departments that you care to count or something along those lines. <laughs> Uh, yes, so those experiences have formed a lot of how I can deal with my customers. So the government departments, like I said, policy and planning and marketing, and they really do help. And I have been um, previously a deputy mayor of our local council here in the area where I live. So they just roll into great information of what you can talk about when I'm hosting my tours and people, especially a lot of the holiday makers that we had pre-COVID in South Australia along the Murray River were folks from New Zealand and yep. the Kiwis just absolutely love to hear about how we live here and what we do and, and you know, I think they are genuinely interested in how our lifestyle and our economy works and so having been in those government departments before really matter to me. Well, I think that would be very insightful to be hearing about the region from someone who was deputy mayor of that region. <laughs> Well, you get the stories of the people, you know, um, and you make people aware of, you know, for example, our council that I was involved in has the second largest road network of anywhere in South Australia. So just maintaining roads, let alone being involved in people's lifestyle and footpaths and all of that infrastructure and rubbish that councils are known for, there's so much more to it. Um, our particular council had a very high suicide rate at one time for isolated farmers in particular so we had some programs and still running programs that are involved in overcoming that issue and so just you know just general information that you can talk to people about and kiwis love in particular like bugs and creepy crawlies in australia so they they want to know what's that ant and how many how many different type of ants there are and what well, our snakes and all of that sort of thing and then we don't have crocodiles in the river and just generic information yeah. like that as well <laughs> Yeah, well, it's true about the stereotypes, isn't it? Because people here, oh, my gosh, there's crocodiles in the water in Australia, but they don't realise yeah. that's really only in some of the tropical up north kind of locations that down in South Australia, you can swim in the Murray, no problems. So 
You know, we've overcome that by a lot of marketing and, you know, it's not really an issue anymore. But the New Zealanders, it is surprising. A lot of people who live on the Murray in our state are surprised that it is a lot of Kiwis pre-COVID that were travelling on houseboats. It's a very much a bucket list item in New Zealand. They call it doing the Murray. We've got to go do the Murray. <laughs> the word gets around pretty quick that once they're here, they're very relaxed. And so we predominantly were picking them up midway on their houseboat trip, so maybe day three of a day seven trip, picking them up and taking them to experience other regions that are very close to the river. And, yeah, it's just an incredible way to get yourself immersed in in a destination is to get off uh, a slow houseboat. They're so slow when they do get off, I've got to say, because it, it only travels at a slow speed, so they're truly relaxed. And when you're trying to herd people through on an itinerary, it can be a bit tricky. But, yeah, it's lovely to spend a day with people and you get to know them as well and what's their motivation and what's been their customer journey and how they actually got to being on their holiday. And I love that. I love spending time with people. It's not just pouring wine out behind a cellar door. It's like chatting with them over lunch and on the road and yeah it's very interesting to know how people come about making their holiday choices and I can't wait for those folks to come back again to our area because we've really missed them 50% of my business being a tour operator was based on that but we will be really looking forward to bouncing back yes and many of us are so told me that your career really has always been in and around tourism was your passion for tourism started from being a tourist yourself and kind of experiencing other kind of destinations and, and lifestyles and cultures? Uh, yes, that certainly helped. I, I was very lucky when I was 25 years old to travel to Mexico on a Rotary Group study exchange. And there were five of us from South Australia chosen to go to Mexico and spend six weeks living in people's homes and going around and talking about South Australia. So we were very much ambassadors. I was of the younger age, 25 to 40 years old, were the other folks involved. And that really did open my eyes as a youngster about international travel. And from then on, I also worked for the South Australian Tourism Commission. At that moment, we were spending a lot of time on the road traveling and promoting South Australia. So we were in a team of destination marketers uh, where we went on a roadshow to New Zealand. It was when they first introduced direct flights from Adelaide to Auckland. And so we did a 10-day travel show through the both the South and the North Island. And then not long after that, you know, my my Rotary trip was an around-the-world ticket. So I'm so grateful to Rotary uh, for that experience because it really did change my life. And then the Tourism Commission jobs, you know, Norfolk Island, we went once for a conference and, I mean, just amazing opportunities that I had. But truly, when I grew up, I was on a farm. I was the eldest of three girls I drove tractors in my school holidays. We picked Mallee stumps for $2 an hour. My dad made us um, write out a timesheet, $2 an hour, I know. (laughs) Slave labour now, but it was more about that, the understanding of the importance of documenting your hours and what you got paid at the end. And we got nice warm fireplace to to sit by with the stumps we picked. But um, it was a really great exercise for my father to show us, you know, work ethic. and, And we grew up, you know, working really hard and 
I had that time at the end of school where I was at a crossroads. It was suggested to me, you know, you could work at the local hospital. They're looking for a receptionist job. I was in year 12, and this is a great story, Josh. I got, um, had applied for my tourism course, and I got the letter to say I got an interview, and the day that I was reading it was a Friday because we only went into town once a week to get the mail, and that was the day that I was supposed to be in Adelaide two hours away at my interview for my tourism course that I had desperately wanted so I didn't have to go and work in the local hospital as a receptionist. And no offence because that's the great job, you know, to to people we need, Uh, but that's not what I wanted to do right from Mm. when I was, you know, 15, 16, I I had said to my student counsellors at school, that's what I want to do. And, you know, it's that gregarious industry like I spoke about before. So um, my mum actually made me ring straight away. There was no way she was ringing. Um, I was doing it. And I got hold of the student services folks at the tourism course and they were very apologetic of the time frame and they let me do a special interview. And there was only a handful of us that got into the advanced diploma of business um, in tourism special field at that time, I was very grateful that I got a second round of interviews and got through and, and then really I've just had so many mentors um, since then and opportunities and doors open. So it's been a very good industry and um, a very well connected. What a, I can't believe that, the letter. <laughs> Your interview, oh, that's gosh. amazing, isn't it? Just something that I actually really just like saying this, but something that the younger generation won't have to deal with probably getting a letter that takes that long. And, uh, you know, now everything's instant. You apply, you get your notification immediately. And that's one of those stories that they won't be common moving forward. But Yeah, it's true. It won't won't be common. And it is, I think what you just touched on about this instant gratification, you talked, said notification, but it led me to think of instant gratification that nowadays we're just getting notifications all the time and you expect an answer straight away. And, you know, things are just not as easy as that sometimes. And, And you really are about seizing the moment and taking opportunities and following them up. You know, if you, if you get rejection, like you want to know why and how can you make it better for the next time or how can you make it work and I think younger people sometimes I mean there won't be any kids that I know that grow up I'm only 42 but there won't be any kids that will be picking stumps for two dollars an hour in their school holidays you know so you've got to work hard that's true but the other part of your story I really liked was what your mum did and this is great parenting I think and incredible advice parents and their teenagers but no, you got a call. I'm not calling. Yeah. Your 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 career, your course, and sometimes the first time you do those kind of things can be very nerve wracking. Yes, uh, it worked. Yeah. You did it. You got through. I'm sure that was a very credible moment on the other end of the phone call that it was me and not my mum saving my backside. <laughs> I think that's true. You know, I wanted to touch on uh, your business name. So you're the creator of Jungle House Experiences. As we've heard, you've had a lot of different roles in your life and you've been a deputy mayor, so, you know, you would know all about juggling responsibilities as part of that. Was the name, when you created your new business, was it straight away, yep, this is what it's called or, or how did you come up with the name? It's a good question. It is, while I've talked about tourism a lot, it's also a business that deals with weddings and corporate and all sorts. So I didn't want to limit myself by calling it Murray River Tours or River Murray, whatever. So Juggle House actually is an empathy or an empathetic 
moment where I'm looking at my customers going, you know what, everyone's juggling so much in their everyday worlds. When you go on your leisure experience, put the balls down and let someone else do the juggling for you. So I take on board the itinerary planning and the delivery of the tours that I do. And there are experiences that are not just necessarily the run of the mill. They're very much based on relationships. So how many times do we hear people saying, you know, we're juggling? Mm. And I find this so much with women. My target audience is women aged between 40 and, say, 55, primarily people that are, are really in that juggling stage. Um, and I think the other part about the Juggle House Experiences uh, name comes from a little bit of history that one of the jobs I was doing prior to starting the business was with a, a wonderful local regional destination here that's also running tours and I started working for them and we were doing trips for the big Murray Princess, which is a boat that comes out of Manham. So it sleeps 120 people and we're taking these folks off of their river cruise, off on trips and often in big coaches. And when we would get to the toilet stops, it was always really awkward and waiting for the last people to come back on the coach. So I started juggling apples that were left over from the lunch we'd served. And it got, I, I don't know how this had happened, but the word got around for the next cruise, the next sort of people that would come on and there was a consistent changeover there was people on the cruise that would wait and welcome the new people and then, you know, they'd have a bit of a rotation and they'd be like, oh, I'll go on that Barossa tour on Monday and, yeah, make sure you get to know the, the host that juggles and then so it all just sort of came from there. So I, I, my business card actually says Master Juggler on it. I really like to do things a little bit out of the box and I think that really makes my personality shine and more importantly that people really resonate with you as a human being and as a leader there's so many times you have to really not worry about what you're doing yourself but just making people feel welcome and, and that was a simple thing that I did, you know, just juggle and then off it went from there. <laughs> That's really cool. It does seem like you have a lot of joy in what you do and it's really evident on your website as well, actually. And I was looking at it before our chat. Photos on there and everything just looked so welcoming and happy and fitting because you're a finalist in the Customer Service Award. You know, can you give us an insight into what are some of your kind of tips or the things that you think have been really instrumental from a customer service standpoint in your business? Well, thank you for that. I appreciate your comments. I do intentionally try to make it fun and jovial and because I think when people are on their leisure experiences, they do want to just relax and forget about their everyday worlds. And I think this is a time where they're spending their hard-earned money and they want to really just create memories with their friends or their family. And so I'm very conscious of making people feel welcome. I'm very conscious of getting to know them individually. And I think from a customer service point of view, you have a real small window of opportunity at the beginning of your day. You're like a director of first impressions. That's 30-second grab of either you're gonna they're gonna like you or they're not, or you're gonna like them or you're not, and you're getting along first of all. So it's a real, I guess, skill about reading the group and knowing what they want. If I need to, you know, just be a wine connoisseur, 
from the beginning of the day, well, I can do that. If you want me to be relaxed and just talk about the general sightseeing or you want me to throw in a bit of a slang so that you feel relaxed or however the group is working together, that's my trick, I guess. Also, just getting an understanding I mentioned before of the customer journey about what has motivated them for what they want to get out of the day. I think that's most important in the lead up. And another part of the customer service has been the follow up, you know, and I'm still, to be honest, working on this because I think we're not good as businesses that in our follow up very often, I think we're just moving on to the next thing. So it's really important to me to get some feedback from people about what they liked and how we can tweak. And my automated response to going to people in the emails the next day is, can you please help us with this feedback because it helps us to improve our next juggling act. So yeah, people are very forthcoming with their reviews and it's not something I feel very comfortable in asking people for reviewing because it can get a bit, I guess, overwhelming when you get, and I have had just so many lovely positive reviews and that's just helps to promote and attract the next experience. Well, I know exactly what you mean about asking for reviews. The same with the podcast. You know, people have uh, mentioned, oh, yeah, I've listened to it recently. It was really good. And, you know, I should be saying, oh, would you mind reviewing because it really helps us. But I always feel bad. So I know what you mean. But uh, one thing you mentioned that sounded fantastic is finding out about why the customer wants to go on this trip or what they want to get out of it in the leader, not just during. That sounds quite cool. So how do you do that? Well, it's very important to have the one-on-one communication with people when they're booking. And I think that's one of the keys to my business success is because I am boutique and bespoke and small that I'm pretty much doing the liaison with the customers and delivering the tours. I have expanded towards the end of last year. I have some folks that do uh, the tours with me and for me, but predominantly I get a gist of that by either phone or email and some of them might be birthday days or milestone experiences so okay if it's John's birthday can you tell me what John likes you know what's his favorite type of music so we can have that playing you know when we arrive and all of that sort of thing is important it's just that one percent it's just that going that extra mile like just just make an effort to have a little bit of public relations I make a real effort to get to know people's names as well on the tours so that they can feel you know connected all the way through and it's easy enough to pick on the loud ones at the back in the back seat too. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, you know, you say it's at the one percenters, but really it's probably the most important one percent because it shows that you actually care. Yes, caring. That's it. That's what you need to do. You need to care. There are some days that have been harder than others in the caring. Mm. Um, you know, definitely in the last few years since we've been going through a global pandemic, that's been really tricky and some days you do have to really understand that the energy of your mind is the essence of life like what what gets you out of bed during the day what do you want to do how do you want to achieve it how do you want to make people have a good day because when they have a good day I have a great day you know I'm the happiest I've ever been in any of my jobs when I'm on the road touring people around it is so much fun and I think geez this is not even a job I'm so lucky to be showing people around it makes you really proud and especially people that are from interstate or overseas that have no idea about they might not have ever been there before and they want to know the best of the place so yeah it's a sense of place and a sense of community and a great connection fantastic as we mentioned you've been a finalist in the awards how was it for you being part of the awards process and from finding out you're a finalist right through to a being at the 
the award presentation? I'm so glad you asked that question because I was thinking about this in the lead up to the conversation with you and it's really good to reflect. It was a very big turning point, I feel, for me in terms of motivation and how it came about was we had in COVID two great state voucher government initiatives whereby local customers, local South Australians would be given a, a voucher to be redeemed in a local business and it really injected this great sense of a lifeline for us as tourism operators because, you know, a cash injection also working, you know, not just getting a financial handout, you're actually doing a job. Mm. And also the customers were locals that really exploring their backyard. So one of the customers that came on my tour who eventually went on to nominate me, my business for Juggle House Experiences for the Community Services Award, customer service, there was a lady called Jo and she is a local person who lives on the Murray, has been here all her life. And she got a voucher and she intentionally wanted to use it with me because she knew it would help financially and not expecting at all that she was going to have such an amazing day. She brought her husband and her parents and they were so blown away by what's in their own backyard. And I'm talking 20 minutes away from where I picked her up and we went all around and she just had the best day and she nominated us for the award. And I thought, that's really nice. And, you know, you fill out the paperwork and don't think much of it and think, gosh, there's some great places around South Australia. And then to be a finalist and then to make the top three, it was just amazing. My hair hair on my arms is standing on end just thinking about that. I mean, you can't have any better testimonial from people to nominate you from an award perspective. And then to get that information through to say in customer service in particular, this is the category you've done well in and could you please come to this fancy dinner? So my husband and I actually used our great state voucher to stay at the Hilton for three nights without our children and we went to the gala dinner and you know just to be amongst hundreds of people that are doing amazing things in their own fields is just very inspiring and it makes you sort of gives you an extra spring in your step and and we were locals in our backyard in our capital city that weekend and we went eight you know, on Goodger Street and we did the tram ride and all the touristy things that we wouldn't do, you know, having a vacation in a staycay, if they call okay. it, in our city. Yeah, the staycay. Um, and so, I, yeah, I just felt really the word is chuffed, you know, really yeah. chuffed that somebody would just take the time to nominate and then you go through that and then the judges to look so favourably on a concept that I've created and had so much help with mentors and lots of people standing by me all along the way. So it's just really wonderful. <laughs> a beautiful story. And I love that you were nominating customer service and it's full circle because you showed such good service to Joe who nominated you that she felt compelled to do something to celebrate that. It's great hearing those stories because that's what the awards exist for to mm-hmm. celebrate people who are just doing what they think. I don't want to simplify what you do. You do amazing things, Kelly. But you're probably thinking, I'm just doing my job here. But for her, it was a really amazing experience. That's what it's all about, I think, just celebrating those moments. 
Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for that. And I think the other finalists on the evening were equally as blown away. You know, I think there's a lot of humble people in business. And when you create an idea and you come up with this and it evolves and plans, and there's been a lot of hardship for business in the last couple of years with COVID that, you know, I think you just feel blown away by the whole experience. So yeah, it was very cool. And it was very well run event as well. So it it was great. Well, uh, I do have to ask because I'm in Melbourne. I'm an Adelaide boy and I love going to Adelaide. Often I will say to Hilton, same as you, because they're a fantastic partner of our awards and they've supported us for 30 years now. Kelly, can you believe it? Um, and so amazing. we always say go for dinner in Guja Street. So here's my question. Where did you eat on Guja Street? We absolutely loved Guja Street. We could hardly drag ourselves away. Mrs Q was our favourite, the Feed Me Food. So it's like an Asian kitchen bar, beautiful location, old dance studio, but just lovely food. And the other place that we really loved is Paul's on Guja, which is the very fancy fish and chips. But where we're from at the river, we have very limited amount of fish in the in the river. So it's lovely to go for a seafood experience in your capital city. No, they're both great spots. I've been to both. Mrs. Q, not recently, but I do remember it because, yeah, it's a striking place. I don't remember the, the right place. You, you feel it's a very cool spot to eat. So no, that's great. And so cool to hear you, you love tourism so much that you're talking about your tourism experience in Adelaide uh, as well. So I have heard that. I think, yeah, that yeah, yeah. yeah. Each other and, uh, and really want to see the entire industry do well. Absolutely, people support each other and there's a, a lot to be said about market research, you know. Uh, you need to know as an ambassador for your state what's going on, where the newest places are, what's happening even in the more established places and it's actually all about relationships because when especially from my line of work when I'm packaging tours so we're putting together different product itineraries you you want to know that the places that you're taking your customers to are going to deliver a good experience because it's not just about Kelly and Juggle House having a great customer experience I'm nothing without the people that we go to and visit it's vital and I think understanding you know like I said what's new and what's hip and what's happening it's very cool (laughs) if someone is contacting you and saying kelly i don't know much about it the region i'm just looking for some experiences what are some of the your favorite things to do to put together for someone Good question. One of the latest things that we've been working on is River Murray International Dark Sky Reserve Tours. So these are stargazing experiences. This particular location is only the first in Australia to be accredited internationally as a reserve and there's only 18 in the world. So stargazing in just out of Adelaide, so where we're based about an hour and a half out, is very a latest trend, I would say, because the Mount Lofty Ranges geographically blocks the light pollution from Adelaide. So this has been something that's very new, only really started in uh, just before bushfires happened in, in Adelaide Hills, late 2019. Then the accreditation had happened in October and then COVID happened. So it's really something that's new um, and we're finding this is our most popular tour. Yeah, it's really gaining great traction in the space of politicians as well. So a lot of people are very interested in South Australia is well known for its involvement in internationally in space projects so that's very cool 
I really like the gin phase that's going on around the world at the moment. So we have some very, yeah, (laughs) we have some very trendy gin bars popping up in Adelaide and the Adelaide Hills in particular um, and Barossa as well. So, yeah, that's been something that I've sort of taken a bit of a lead on in some of our locations. So those are the two key things that are the latest, I would say. I mentioned that drive between Melbourne and Adelaide and having only done it once or twice or maybe only once with kids, I think breaking it up is a very attractive option. Yeah, looking forward to coming and uh, doing some tourism experiences with you, Kelly. What else? Thank you, Josh, especially with kids. You have to break it up. Uh, I'll just interject there and say to you that we do a playground crawl, a kids' tour as well. And so, you know, nature play is a big thing. You, when you're on a tr- long travelling route, you just got to get out and get the kids running around, don't you, especially from Melbourne to Adelaide. Yeah, and we did this trip as well. My husband and I have done it three times now, the Melbourne to Adelaide touring route, and we stopped at Warrnambool at that a uh, lovely big location down there on the at the ocean front. I think it's La Trobe or La Petrobe or something. I can't quite remember the name. But we went back to Warrnambool for a whole week based on that. You know, oh, wow. it was just amazing. Yeah, we thought this is a great place. We're going to spend some time here. And I think this happens in Australia, like, and, and especially if there's a silver lining of COVID, you know, this is what is going to happen, people understanding their backyards a bit more and and going, yep, you know what, I want to spend some more time here. Yeah, definitely. So now I have to ask you, you talked about gin. What's your favourite gin to have or, or what, what are you kind of mixing at home? Well, I love pink gin, I've got to say. I am definitely a soda water girl, not tonic, and with mint and strawberries. So that says something about my sweet tooth there. So <laughs> how about yourself? Definitely Negroni is what I'm making at home. Wow. Gin and sweet vermouth and Campari. But, oh my uh, gosh, you're very specific. Well done. <laughs> but uh, no, so, uh, in terms of some of the other great tourism things to see that people may not be aware of, because I think, you know, we've had listeners from outside of South Australia that may not be familiar with the Truong area, the Murray, and all of this. What are some other things that people love to experience in that area? Yeah, great. Um, So definitely when you're coming on the river, there's a lot of old paddle steamers. Um, So there's the PS Marion out of Manham where you can just do a day trip. There's the bigger ones I made reference to, the Murray Princess and the Proud Mary where you're on board inland cruising style. So you stay on for a week or so and you have your entertainment and your meals and everything served for you. So it's a bit like that European cruise but in the backyard in the Murray River. Um, Very, very internationally class, you know, top class customer service, great um, preparation. The Kurong itself is storm boy country, so people that would relate to that movie, um, you know, it's very nature-orientated, excellent wildlife, great drives. You head through Langong Creek, which is a lovely destination uh, of premium reds, so um, great growing area. And a lot of people, definitely the Barossa is iconic and McLaren Vale, Adelaide Hills, and then Langon Creek is the rising star. So this is, uh, there's eight cellar doors there at the moment, um, but it is definitely evolving in terms of its uh, popularity and awareness. So that area are travelling from the Murray through to Langon Creek and onto the Coorong and where the Murray enters the ocean at the mouth. Um, that's always a really, really good destination. I touched on the Barossa 
Rossa, you know, is especially the Kiwis, like they just, everybody around the world knows the Barossa. It's the big, bold Shiraz. It's a premium destination. Um, You know, I think they're up to 120 cellar doors. It's just such a vibrant place and it's changing and evolving all the time while still retaining its character. And, you know, those locations have a lot of history, a lot of old buildings and, you know, a lot of really great architecture that South Australia is well known for. And we made use of a lot of stone in the early years of European settlement as we don't have a high rainfall here, so we don't have a great amount of timber that we utilised and there's not a huge amount of forests even now because of that low rainfall. So we really do have a strikingly different architecture of our properties and people notice that it's true it does look very different you're right do you um and so you would package in you know talking about uh Kurong and, and Manam and, and those areas and you'd go up to Barossa as well yes yeah so it just depends so we travel all around South Australia we except for some of the larger we predominantly are um, day trips so in some of the larger distances we don't head to like just Clare Valley's a little bit out of the way most spectacular lovely place but York Peninsula Air Peninsula some of those you know there are other tour operators that do those places so we but we will pick up people from Adelaide and we'll pick them up from any of the other close regional destinations and take them on trips but mainly based at the Murray and taking folks that are holidaying here on the river around to the alternate destinations so that's what makes us a little bit different than being based in Adelaide um so we're already based in the regions and then as I said and you alluded to being past deputy mayor and you know really immersed in the community definitely sets us aside you've got your own vehicles as well am I right in saying Yes, yeah, we have some very unique vehicles. The Entertainer Limousine is a Mercedes Sprinter, which is decked out with side-facing leather seats, a mini bar, DVD screens, karaoke. Wow. Uh, really, yeah, really different. It's a very communal space. You can fit 10 in the back. So it's not your standard image of a stretch limousine as such. You can stand up in it and very much, you know, the conversations like the the journey is just as good as the destination there in that in that vehicle. It's uh, the first of its kind in Australia's history to be classified as a limousine without having modification to the chassis, so it's not that stretch, oh. as I was mentioning. So, yeah, it's a very unique vehicle and we've had, like, way too much fun in there. It's been really good. <laughs> and the other vehicle, which I just purchased last year, my husband and I, is called the Staria, which is a new Hyundai Staria that's only released this year oh no I'm forgetting it's 2022 already Josh late last year aren't we all Kelly yes gosh so the Staria is predominantly to add value to the entertainer and travel with it and it has really the purpose of being involved in our stargazing tours because it's got the most amazing moon roof or star gazing opportunities out of the sunroof but they call it a moonroof and uh, one at the front and one right at the back and if you have a look if people google Hyundai Staria it honestly was designed for my stargazing tours like <laughs> I was yeah. like when I saw it I thought you know what I just have to have that so the yeah. COVID pandemic can head off anytime it likes so that we can get some more people on those seats <laughs> And I'll just say, don't Google it. Just go to jugglehouse.com.au. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> Good marketing. 
got a great video of it there. I love that you have your section of the website that talks about the vehicles. It's called the chariots. It's great. Thank you. Yeah. Well, everybody needs to feel like they're in a chariot, you know, when they go on their leisure experience, you want to have something different and and it feels relaxing and comfortable. And that's the main thing. So yeah, it's all rolled into one giant, great deal of fun. (laughs) So Kelly, before we do wrap up, we've got here an Inspirational Strains podcast and I want to thank you for your time. I also want to ask you who or what do you find inspirational? Great question. Most of my inspiration comes from people who have had hardships and how they've shown resilience and overcome adversity. And without sounding too cliche about this, Delta Goodrum, I think, has been one of those people that I've followed her journey. And I think how amazing it is that she overcame such drama with her uh, medical issues of having an operation and then not being able to speak again, let alone sing, and to be able to learn to to um, use her tongue again. I think that's just incredible. I mean, I can't imagine my, my voice is my tool when I'm on my tours and I can just imagine that's her life and she just was so brave and how she released that story and nobody knew about it at the time. And she's had some, you know, dramas of obviously with cancer and the, the lymphoma and everything previous to that as a young person. And, I mean, she just shines. Everything about her, she's just so bright and vibrant and I'm sure that's not always the case for people behind the scenes. It's not always the case for me I'm sometimes very anxious and awkward and worried about things behind the scenes and I think a lot of people are dealing with anxiety but you know worry is interest sometimes paid in advance for a debt you'll never owe so you need to overcome those things and jump make things happen and take risks and I think people that are inspirational to me are people that take risks because I'm not innately a a risk taker and so to be able to just move ahead and keep going my business has been in operation coming up four years now and 18 months of that was pre-covid and it felt like it was growing and growing so majority of my business has been my time has been really struggling and to be able to advance and to grow my business which it has grown significantly and is simply because of being you know positive and having a great outlook and just accepting help from people when you need it. That's a great answer. And I think it shows by the fact that you've you know, added another vehicle in what's been tough times that you do you are committed to advancing forward and to moving forward and building. And so I think that's a really great example of, of staying positive and, and knowing that better times are ahead. And you just it's not easy, as you said, but if you can stay motivated, then you can get there. Thank you. Yeah, well said. <laughs> So, Kelly, where can people connect with you? I've mentioned that uh, jugglehouse.com.au is your website. Uh, Is there any other areas that you encourage people to check out and uh, connect with you? Uh, Yeah, thank you. We have an Instagram page, Juggle House Experiences, and also Facebook. And uh, I'm on LinkedIn as Kelly Kuhn, K-U-H-N. So I'm always welcoming people there. Um, I think uh, I was listening to a previous podcast that you'd suggested, which was in the Riverland, a young guy who's created a clothing label and he talked about his TikTok channel and how positive that was. I asked my 13-year-old if she'd be able to help me make a TikTok (laughs) channel and she was so embarrassed. So I have to ask one of her friends, yeah, she wouldn't do it for me so because she thinks I'm not cool because she's 13, but I'm going to ask one of her friends to help me. They'll 
they think I'm cool. So, yeah, I'll be on TikTok <laughs> soon. Watch out for that, okay, Josh? <laughs> I need to, I, maybe I need to get TikTok. I haven't got it, so I don't know. I can't help you there either. I'm sorry. That's okay. I think it's all about dancing, you know. Um, so yeah, that's right up my alley. I love that. I love a good dance. Good, good boogie. We'll be right there. <laughs> exactly. So you say you have two kids. Yes, I have Eloise, who's thirteen, and I have Georgia, who's eleven. And both of those girls are uh, born through IVF, conceived in IVF because my husband had testicular cancer when he was twenty-one, and he has a. Strong Australia's oldest frozen sperm resulting in our two lovely girls and that's an amazing story on its own but yeah the Woman's Day did a feature and it was on the front page of the Herald in Melbourne and all sorts when our children were born so it was just amazing uh, to be able to have those beautiful girls and um, very lucky even though my 13 year old is at that teenage stage where her mum's not cool. (laughs) Well, I tell you what, I'll be in the exact same situation as you soon enough with two girls two years apart. So any advice you want to uh, give me upon parting, <laughs> please let me know. Um, the advice is choose your battles wisely. Yeah. <laughs> Very sage advice. That's great wisdom. <laughs> I'm still learning myself. No, they're good. You know, you've got to try to re- relate to your children, but you don't always have to be their friend parenting just like my mum made me ring up that day when I had had my interview and my dad made us work you know with two dollars an hour like you can't always be friends you have to show them the way and I'm truly value uh, truly grateful I should say for the the upbringing that I had and and, you know it's it's a good thing to be able to be a parent yeah for sure well thank you for your time today Kelly I love speaking with you can't wait to jump on that Instagram page and looking forward to hopefully down the track coming and checking out the region because it sounds absolutely wonderful. Thank you so much, Josh. It's been really lovely speaking to you as well. It's a good reflection and I would be very, very happy to host you and any one of your friends to come along one day to SA. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed that interview. If you liked it or any of our other episodes, it would be great if you can rate and review the Inspirational Australians podcast. It really helps us out. If someone you know needs a little dose of inspiration, why not let them know about this podcast? And if you haven't already, make sure you're subscribed so that you won't miss an episode. Join us each week as we talk with ordinary Australians achieving extraordinary things. You can always head to our website at awardsaustralia.com slash podcast for more information and details on each guest. Now, before we go, I'd like to thank Annette, our producer. Here's a fun fact. Annette is my mum and our other host, Jeff, is my dad. This podcast is brought to you by Awards Australia, a family-owned business that proudly uncovers the stories of people who make a difference for others. We can only do this with the support of our corporate and not-for-profit partners as they make our awards programs possible. So do you know someone making a difference? If you'd like to recommend someone to be a guest on the podcast, get in touch through our Instagram page, inspirational.australians. Or maybe your business might like to sponsor the podcast or get involved with the awards we run. Head to our website, awardsaustralia.com, for more details. Until next week, stay safe, and remember, together we make a difference. Thanks for joining us today on the Inspirational Australians podcast. We hope you enjoyed listening and have been inspired by ordinary Australians achieving extraordinary things. So it's goodbye for another week. 
Remember, together we make a difference.